Hello and welcome to the Back Check, the Hockey History Podcast. This is our series on the Hart Trophy. This is episode six, which I can't believe already. Um, and this episode, we are going to be talking about the dead puck era that is between the work stoppage of 1995 and the lockout that killed a season. My name is Riley. Uh, I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. Yeah, the uh, the point totals in this one are going to dr- drop rather drastically. Yeah. None more so than the first season because they only played 48 games. Exactly. Yeah, suddenly we, we were talking about the last episode, we were talking about the highest scoring era in NHL history, and it's time to talk about one of the two lowest or the lowest. I can never remember which. Because there was a point in the 30s when the scoring was really, really low as well. Anyway. Uh, so 1995, we have Eric Lindros's only... Hart Trophy. Uh, he was on the Flyers, who, according to the standings, were the fourth best team. But it's worth noting that uh, hockey references SRS, uh, which is the simple rating system, which takes into account goal differential and quality of competition and stuff like that, paints them as the eighth worst team or best team rather. Um, so a lot, uh, substantially worse. Uh, still a middle of the pack playoff team, but uh, not a great team. Yeah, and, and most of that's because of Lindros arriving, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's you know, <laughs> he he turned that franchise around pretty quick, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, he he so he had a hell of a year. Uh, he was you know this was what his third year in the league, I think maybe or second, one or the other. Um, was early in his career. Very early, yeah. And uh, he uh, he tied Yager for the uh, the point lead uh they both had 70 uh yager technically wins the art ross because he had three more goals than lindros but it's uh worth noting that uh lindros played two fewer games and so actually was ahead of yager in the points per game race yes um so to the extent that we want to create controversy i don't know that we do but let's say we do there are two other uh one choice I'm not even sure I want to talk about because of my position <laughs> on goalies, but there are two other yeah. choices we can talk about who might have been better. And one of them is uh, multiple Norris winner Paul Coffey, a player who some people think should never have won a Norris or very few Norrises because of his habit of never playing defense, at least in the <laughs> 80s. But... Um, this particular year, he did something pretty incredible, which is that without Gretzky, he uh, went out and had an incredible season scoring, uh, I believe, 59 points, which 58. 58. So puts him almost in the top five in scoring in league wide. And he, of course, led the Red Wings in scoring and they were the best team in the league. They were the best team by points and they were the best team by SRS by a, a lot. So they were hands down the best team in the league. And as uh, Bill, I believe you said more than once about Bobby Orr, and I believe possibly another defenseman at some point during this series, he didn't lead. Now, he didn't lead the league in scoring, but when a defenseman puts up a really big. Oh, you're talking about Brian Leach, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was talking he had a great Brian. offensive season on the best team in the league. Yeah. So yeah. Paul Coffey has a pretty good case here. He, he does. He definitely, um, you know, he's if, if if you just think about it as, you know, he played 45 games. That's a little bit more than a half a season. And he had 58 points. 
yeah. you're if you if you prorate that you're looking at a hundred point season for a defenseman yeah. and he's, yeah. he's getting towards the end of his career here too so i mean uh extra impressive but then you know he does play on a pretty stacked team so it's like you know his yeah. uh his points per game is very high, but, uh, you know, like what's his, you know, power play points per game, you know, that would be, yeah. be well, interesting we could, to know. We could probably <laughs> look that up if we, yeah. Were. Cause I, to, to, to me, if he's getting a lot of them on the power play, you're like, oh, the Red Wings are just wheeling him out there to provide the offense on the power play. And um, so power play, uh, 31. Okay. So it's, you know, at least half his points there. So yeah, at least half. Um, yeah. But that you know, as a, most defensemen who score a lot of points end up getting them on the power play because yeah. they actually have, you know, an opportunity to move up into the play, or they've just got a bomb from the point. That's just how they run the power play, you know. So, um, but he I, did I, have I, eight I, more he, points than the next guy on his team. That's that's pretty impressive. Okay, over yeah. order over forty five games. That's a fair amount. That is a fair amount. Yeah, that's uh, that's really impressive. I would say he definitely has a case. He needs to be in the conversation for sure. I, I definitely think so. I mean, I'm not, listen, Lindros is a decent choice. I think uh, so, too. I don't, I'm not upset about the choice. Also, given that, like, the quality of the Penguins and the Flyers was roughly equivalent. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, if you want to go the route of, like, best player on best team, you have a really easy choice with Paul Coffey. And the thing that's weird about this is that he didn't get a single first place vote. There were apparently very few first place votes in 1995. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah, there were right. way fewer than normal. Um, so then do we, do we want to, do we want to walk down the other path? Uh, for no, I, uh, for who? For, for Yarmir Jagger? No, I was going to talk about Hashik. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Um, well, he had the first of his many incredible seasons. Yes, finally got his um, you know, ability to be a starter somewhere. Yeah, and and uh, I I mean, listen, I'm on team goalies shouldn't get the heart; they should have their own uh, most valuable goalie award. But uh, I do think that like he's, um, you know. Leading the league in save percentage, GAA goals saved above average, which is hockey references uh, thing metric for evaluating how much better than average the goalie is, and led the league in shutouts as well. Um, he didn't. How many starts did he have? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find the games he played. I don't think he played. It's not like he had a Jacques Plant year, uh, I don't think, but mm. he played 41, so he only missed seven games. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that's the, you know, he probably, he's probably playing at least 65 games if he, uh, if it's a full yeah. season. Well, I should point out, this is not his first best year. This is his second one. Actually, he was really good in 94 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the Vezina in 94 as well. It's just, I didn't even think about listing him as an option i don't know why um yeah but like he all so this is like he had five shutouts in 95 he had seven in in 94 and he played 17 more games in 94 wow so <laughs> yeah you know he, no, nowhere near uh one of his heart trophy seasons when he had 13 but um still like uh this was not people were not having this many shutouts in the previous decade right or yeah that's plus. right Nine- 
and a 930 save percentage was, I believe, unheard, unheard of at that point, right? Like, yeah. like now we, it's kind of the standard for you're a great goalie, you're having a great year. Yeah. Uh, 930 is sort of the like, that guy's in the conversation for the Vezina. If you're below that, most people are like, he better be getting pelted with rubber or, you know, it's not a very good save percentage. Um, but, you know, at that I'll, time, that was like, I'll tell better, you. Than, better than Roy, better than Bredur, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he was really, he was something else. Um, oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't mind him being in the conversation for this one. Um, but, you know, Lindros being the leading scorer, you know, by points per game, uh, it's it's really it's a it's a tough one. It's actually one of the more I'm I'm not opposed to taking it away from Lindros, but I also don't see a reason to take it away from Lindros that jumps out at me. So just to interrupt for a second, uh, uh, Hashik's save percentage was the highest since Bernie Perron in '74. Oh yeah, I, well I remember I remember everybody sort of going like, where did this guy come from? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was of course higher than his his save percentage in '94 too. So yes, yeah, and, and, and then a, a that, tiny bit higher. After that, I would say for about five years he was probably. Oh yeah, know, yeah. If you're if you're counting a goalie as a player, he was probably if not the best player in hockey, top five for sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. He led the league in save percentage for seven years in a row, I think. Six years, sorry, six seasons in a row. Um, and uh, somehow only save percentage two of those years, but. Uh, that's because his team, you know, wasn't great. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention him because um, he had a year and he was started. But, you know, I'm I'm very much, as discussed many times during this series, I would prefer not to give it to a goalie, except for possibly Jacques Plant in that year. And, and we'll see about the Hashik years. But yeah, I just wanted to mention him because he had a hell of a year. And uh, his team was, you know, they weren't amazing. Yeah. Um, but they were uh, better than they should be. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why Lindros gets it, right? They're sort of like Lindros is the one who made the Flyers, you know, into a playoff team. Whereas, you know, Jagger, even though I I don't think they had Mario Lemieux playing, because otherwise he'd obviously would have won the scoring title because he's Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Um, I think he had retired for the first time at that point. Um, But, you know, without Mario there, you know, Jagger ties for the... Uh, ties with Lindros for the league lead in scoring, um, yeah. you know, wins the Art Ross because he had more goals, uh, yeah. which infuriated Don Cherry to no end because we know how much he loved Eric Lindros. Yeah. Uh, and also, Jaeger's not Canadian, so <laughs> an extra yeah. thing to infuriate him. Um, and and then you've got, you know, Coffey's also playing on a stacked team. So, you know, Jaeger's playing with Francis, who won the Selkie and had 59 points of his own. Um, mm. You know, uh, Coffee's playing with the stacked Red Wings. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. So maybe it's that, you know, be, let's say between Hashik and Lindros, which one of them actually sort of dragged their team into the playoffs. I don't well, know if Buffalo made it that year. Uh, no, Buffalo did. But here, so here's here's the thing also about Lindros versus Yager. Like you said, Yager had Ron Francis, who scored 11 points less, but it was a very, at this point, was an established star. Uh, Lindros is first on his team with points. The next highest scorer is the infamous uh, third trivia question answer to the Legion of Doom, right? Ah, well, everybody's, yeah, exactly. So the, the trivia question is, who's the third member of the Legion of Doom? Nobody remembers. Of course, if you watch it, you remember. But like, um, And that's Mikhail Renberg, and he had 57 points, and then John LeClaire had 49. So the, uh, the thing, the argument you could do is, 
absolutely Lindros was more valuable. Um, and hockey references point shares says that too, right? Like they say yeah. that like Lindros had a bigger uh, chunk of his team's um, wins than uh, than Yager did. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, it's not super controversial by any means. It's, I just it's I, not, no, I, but I, I just, just thought like, Paul Coffey had a case that's. That's yeah, I I, and you know what? If they'd given it to Coffee, or they'd given it to Hashik, or they'd given it to Jagger, I don't think I'd even complain. Yeah, <laughs> like I just think it's like, well, Lindros has already got it. Why are we going to reinvent the wheel here? Like, yeah, like yeah, no, fair. That's fair. Yeah, and and I think that has a lot to do with the shortened season, right? Because usually in the second half, someone will fall off, or they'll get injured, or their team will go through a big losing streak or something like that. And the other guy pulls away and just neither one of them had a chance to do that in this season. Maybe they would have gone neck and neck all the way to the end, but I kind of suspect that one of them would have established themselves as like, it's close, but this guy should get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. Something would have happened yeah. um, to, to differentiate them a little bit better, probably. And just to, uh, just to, um, mention, uh, say, yes, indeed, you were right. Lemieux had retired. Um, but as a segue, uh, to 1996, he came back Yes, he did. He, he won his third heart trophy, uh, for the penguins who were fourth in points, but the third best team by SRS. Um, and that's behind, uh, well, fourth best, they were behind the Red Wings, the Avalanche and the Flyers. And by SRS, they were behind only the Avalanche and the Red Wings who were the best team in the league by miles. Uh, the 96 Red Wings were, uh, uh, let me do terrible, um, Jesus, 27 points ahead of the Avalanche wow. for first. And SRS-wise, they were the only team above one, and they had a 1.64 SRS. So they were very clearly the best team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Lemieux was very clearly the best forward in the league by lots. He was only 12 points ahead of... Yarmir Yager. This is basically the last time the league has seen a 160-point season. Um, he was only 12 points ahead of Yager, but he was uh, almost 0.5 points per game ahead of Yager. Man, yeah. He's, you know, Mario comes back from having retired because of yeah. his back and then plays a full season or, you know, I don't even know if he played every game, but gets 161 he, points. He, like he played 70 games. He missed 82 he missed how many like 12 sorry i said okay, eight. So he, missed, he missed 12 games he still scored 161 points so he's you know when it, when a guy's still clearly the best player in the game and he missed a whole year like you just you slide him the trophy and you stop the discussion right i mean i don't think yeah. anybody else should be in it the only way anybody else is getting uh, a discussion at this point is based on either their reputation or the fact that the red wings had that historic season right otherwise <laughs> why would you even think about it yeah, so uh, <laughs> did you look at the voting? I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, I know. I... <laughs> Make you insane. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like I said, reputation, reputation. Yeah, reputation. so so what we're talking about is that Marc Messier finished second in voting. Uh, somehow had 10 first place votes. I don't even know where he finished in the points. I got to look that up. Um, I think the Rangers I... did have a good year in 96, though. I think they went pretty far. Yeah, so the so the Rangers had ninety six points, uh, which puts them fifth, uh, fifth in terms of uh, standings and sixth in terms of SRS. Um, Messier uh, did not have the greatest year in the world. Ninety nine, he was 
thirteenth in scoring. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. But like, he has all those is, intangibles and all that leadership and. Well, this is like people are going nuts. Like, yeah. because here's the thing. I I fully agree with you about your assessment that Lemieux should win this. However, if you're not picking Lemieux, pick a Red Wing. They're like yes. the best team in history, almost. Yeah, or, or, or Jager gets it, right? I mean, like, yeah. the only yeah. reason I could see anybody arguing is like, well, yeah, it's, you know, Jager wanted, you know, was led the league in scoring the year before, and then Lemieux gets to play with him, so it takes a lot of the heat off. It's like, dude, like, Lemieux does that no matter who he's playing with. Like, just, I know Jager is fantastic and, you know, potentially, uh, you know, a top five or ten player of all time in some people's eyes, but, like, Lemieux is just on another planet of like I can miss twelve games and still win the scoring race by you know quite a few points and like the just just the the difference that he makes you know uh, it's just massive like he's just he's just so much better than everybody else in the league at this point yeah. because he's slowed down so much right so and the and the uh, Penguins were almost forty goals ahead of uh, Colorado for the best offensive team in the, in the league. They were not great defensively, which is a shock. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I know how you feel about Fedorov, but the fact that Fedorov got zero first place votes and Messier got ten is like insane. Yes, I I completely agree with that because I don't like Messier, and as much as I'm not a huge Fedorov fan, I believe that uh, if he was going to have that kind of a season, he probably should have got some first place votes if we're giving him out to, you know, Messier and. Jagger and Lindros, you know, I, I feel like Fedorov definitely could have had a couple of first place votes there, especially when, uh, you know, Jim Carrey got one, although he, you know, did come into the league and win like his first 15 games. Um, uh, and it was kind of fun because Jim Carrey, the actor, was already famous at that point. So people yeah. had a lot of fun with that. Um, it wasn't as much fun as when the Hamburglar came in and won like, you know, like 20 out of his first 21 games or whatever. And people were throwing burgers on the ice, but it was pretty fun. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Grant Fuhr was, you know, still in his, uh, I think that was the year before, or maybe that was the year that, um, that Kiprios blew out his knee in the playoffs when he, when he pushed him over and when he I, stuck. I think that was that year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the, like, if he got a first place vote for a heart, then he must've been the year he played 79 games. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this is, that is, you're hundred percent right about that. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is the year he played 79, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that's the year that Gretzky's, like, sort of floundering in L.A. a little bit. I mean, as much as Gretzky can flounder. Uh, and then they trade him to St. Louis right before the playoffs, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 97 is the uh, the first of the Dominic Kashuk uh, years. And as you might imagine, I might have a bit of a problem with this. Um and the reason being is because I don't know, aside from, aside, so there's certain things that say this is one, this is Hashik's second best year of his career. Um, but there's other things that say it's, you know, so he played, so, so, sorry, how, I'm, I got to think about how I'm articulating this. The Sabres were better than they had been, you know, in other years that he was good. They were six in points, seven by RSRS. They were still nowhere near one of the best teams in the league. They finished with 92 points. Colorado had 107. 
Colorado's SRS was 0.81, which is not great. Uh, but Sabres was 0.31, which is, you know, it's not average by any means. But it's not like, this was not a great team, right? Yeah. They were not a great team. They were fine. They weren't even the best defensive team in the league, though the Devils were. Um, Hashik's stats this year are very good. I'm not denying that. But they're also like, are they so much better than the previous four years in which he also was the best goalie in the league yeah. that the, the Sabres being slightly better in the standings? Is that, does that make him the end? Because he's not just the MVP. He's the consensus MVP. He got 50 first place votes. Korea got three. Lemieux got one. Yeah. And, the, and he won the Pearson award as well. Right. So yeah. Yeah. He did too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He, he won the players award as well, which to me usually is a sign that, everyone's sort of in agreement yeah um, oh yeah I, I agree with that yeah uh you know lemieux has 122 points again and uh the next closest i believe is solani um with uh what 109 that sounds right let me just look yeah yeah so he's way ahead of uh he was yeah he's, he wins by a comfortable margin uh you know and yeah. And everybody else who who had more points per game than Solani uh, missed missed lots of games, like Lindros yeah. and Yager and 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 Korea all missed yeah, games. To, to, to me, to me, this is um, Hashik was vig- visually spectacular. Yeah. In a way that goalies, most goalies, had not been up until that point. Um, he just he made some saves that, like, you know, if there's any younger viewers listening and you you, you know you haven't gone through all the Hashik highlight reels, do yourself a favor and sit down and watch that for. 10 or 20 minutes and just watch him make like a save with, you know, the back of his skate blade or like his head or a, some like a blocker that he's, you know, throws out of nowhere. It's like, he doesn't know where the puck is. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. Like that was, he did sort of put it down there just in the nick of time. Maybe he knows something that we don't know. Um, and the way he'd flop around and like lose his stick every time, which by the way, is a pretty good technique when you just sort of need more hands. Uh, <laughs> but uh but, you know, he was so unorthodox and people couldn't figure him out. And it was weird, too, because he was so dominant. And every once in a while, he just let one in from the point like he just didn't see it. Yeah. But basically, whether he saw it or not, most of the time he was stopping it. And his defense, like at this point, the NHL had had really become a sort of a clutch and grab, you know, stay at home, put guys in the slot you know, uh, clear the rebounds away and, and there was no puck over the glass back then too. So you could just hammer it out of the zone and not worry about it. Um, but, but, you know, when, uh, when team Canada lost a couple of years later in, in Nagano, that's what the checks would do. They would, you know, keep the game really close, clog up the, the, the slot where you're probably, you might actually beat Hashik with a shot, but like keep all the shots coming from the outside. And if there's going to be a good chance, he's most likely going to make that first save. So then either tackle the guy or just clear the puck into the corner and we'll just worry about it later kind of thing, you know? So yeah. and it, it was an extremely effective technique. Um, and that's just sort of what hockey had become at that point. Like you'd get one good chance, but if you got your stick on it, the guy was immediately hauling you down and there was not going to be a penalty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it benefited a goalie who would let, you know, would make this incredible save, but end up horribly out of position. And, you know, then his defense would clear the puck or tackle the guy or or Hashik would throw a leg in the air and sometimes still get a piece of it. So like, I'm sure it just drove the guys bonkers the way that he would play. And just like it, 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 it's almost like um, he would get into their heads of like, 
I need to put this in the top corner because otherwise he's going to like get his leg on it somehow or something while he's doing a cartwheel in the net. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just seemed to work and it never seemed to stop working until he got much later in his career. And even then he was still pretty good. He just, he'd let in a few more that he normally would have had probably his reflexes slowed down a bit or, you know. Yeah. I think like he was that. probably just slower. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like he, he was so, he was just so different than every other goalie and sort of took the yeah. league by storm that way. And I think like Lemieux came back and was the great story the year before. And so you're like, Oh yeah, Lemieux's back. And he won the heart. You're like, Oh, he won the art Ross. That's amazing. And then it's the next year. It's like, well, yeah, Lemieux won the art Ross again, but he only had 122 points this year. He had 161 last year. Yeah. Let's give it to the goalie. Well, <laughs> and, and, and funnily enough, no one knew what was coming. Right. So 122 yeah. seemed like not that many. Yeah. Of course, it would be the last time someone scored 120 points until I, I won. Well, probably Sackick, I guess. Anyway, um, I so maybe that that might be the next year. I shouldn't speak so soon. I I, I agree with you about Hashik's, um, watchability. I didn't feel the way that way at the time because uh, there was at least uh, there were a couple of playoff series where the Leafs, um, lost to the Sabers, and I was infuriated. Though I would point out that one of them, I think Hashik was hurt for, and we still somehow managed to lose uh, to Buran or somebody like that. Do so you that know, was or maybe Steve Shields. Yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe it was even Steve Shields. I don't even remember now. Um, but I just want to throw out some numbers at you, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, go ahead. So first of all, I want to talk about the Sabres' records in previous seasons where Hashik was the starter. So in in '94, the Sabres were the fourth best team in the league. Uh, though they had a really weak strength of schedule, um, so that maybe had something to do with it. Now, Hashik played fewer games back then. Uh, in 95, they were the 11th best team in the league by SRS. In 96, they were the 16th. So it makes sense that he was not nominated for the heart in 96, despite having a good year. In 97, they were the 7th. So, you know, they weren't as good as they were in 94 relative to the rest of the league, but they were the best the second best team of his tenure so far. So I guess that's part of the argument is that they were better than they had been for the last few years. And people probably weren't thinking about 94. Uh, I guess that argues for him. The other thing is, of course, he played more games in 96 than he ever had before. He played 67, which is he would play more the next year. But, you know, 67 was a fair amount. I don't know. It didn't lead the league in 97, though. The other thing is that so so hockey reference has a, a metric called goal saved above average the actual definition is the goals this goalie prevented given his save percentage and shots face versus the league average save percentage on the same number of shots so basically it's a way of determining how much better than average hashik was he had led it for the previous two seasons this yes. season, in 97, he had a 54.41, which is very good. Um, it was the best of his career to date. I don't actually know where it puts him all time. I'm going to just, while I'm talking, I'm just going to see if I can find what the season record was. I'm not This is not a... I just point out, no one knows what this is. This is a hockey reference stat. It's just for... It's a, it's a good... Summary stat, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So he, so Bernie Perron had the record has the record of seventy three. So he was way off the record of seventy three, but nobody has a seventy three normally. Like it's way more common to be in the thirties to lead the league. So fifty four is is really high up there. Yeah. It's very good. 
54.41 is, I mean, it's the second best of his career. So that sort of, it's, that gives you an idea. He, he had, he made, um, he made 2000 saves. He'd never made 2000 saves before in his career. He still had that 930 save percentage. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the list right now and I'm starting to sort of see, uh, a reason why I think Hashik may have done so overwhelmingly well is that people didn't know which teammate to vote for. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a bit of Lemieux fatigue uh, yeah. and a lot of people probably got sick of him because Lemieux was the most vocal person saying like, hey, the game sucks with all this clutching and crabbing and slapping. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. do anything out there. It's ridiculous. Um, and... Um, you know, and, and was sort of calling out the league and like the referees and everything. So people probably like, oh, he's just whining now because his point totals went down. And it's like, well, yeah, he's having to fight through so much more crap to get to the point. I mean, everybody's stats are going down, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, there's only two guys over 100 points. So uh, saying yeah. something, there's a, there's a bunch of guys at like 97, 98, 99. But, um, uh, you know, you get teams seem to have you know, another guy on the team. So they're like, well, they play together. That's why their team is so good. So you've got Solani and Korea on the Ducks. So yeah. people are probably like, well, they have each other. I'm not going to vote one of them over the other. Or I can't say that he's so amazing because he's getting a lot of help from that guy. Lindros yeah. and Leclerc have each other. So Leclerc had 99 points that year and 52 goals. Yeah. Uh, Lindros was hurt a lot, but he still had 79 points. So maybe Lindros would have won it if he hadn't been hurt. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Ozelinch uh, has uh, Forsberg and Sakic and, you know, vice versa. They're all together. Yeah. Um, you know, Gretzky seems to be kind of on his own here in terms of the Kings, but I, they still had Robitai at that point. So he must have put up a fair number of points that year unless he was hurt. Um, you know, like most of the guys have sort of a running partner and then Hashik's just sort of sitting there basically all by himself. Well, the, Kings, the Kings were awful, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, that was, well, that's the year that they finally traded Gretzky because they were just yeah. falling apart. Yeah. 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 So you, did you mean the Blues? Was he on the? Uh, no, I, I didn't mean the Blues. I, I, I'm just thinking they still had Robbie Ty, so he must have. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And also, if, if Gretzky's not scoring over 100 points, they're not going to give it to Gretzky for a 97 point season. It's Wayne Gretzky, like. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think this, and you know, he was dealing with injuries, and you know, age was slowing him down as well. But I think a lot of people were like, yeah. he's he's not what he used to be, and so I think at this point, a lot of people did believe that either Lemieux or Lindros was better than Gretzky. Uh, just yeah. when they were, you know, younger and yeah, bigger yeah. and stronger and, and playing in the clutch and grab era. The fact he was able to, as a, you know, fairly slight man, still get 97 points speaks to how great he was, even when you're allowed to hook him and hold him and do all that stuff. Not that anybody ever really did that kind of stuff too hard to Gretzky, but, you know. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's interesting, but I, I think maybe that has a lot to do with it, that they all sort of had a running mate. Uh, yeah, and, and the Penguins weren't good. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and, and, you know, there's sort of, a, you know, a little bit of Lemieux fatigue or, or uh, a little bit of, you know, Lemieux's whining too much about the non-calls and, you know, it's annoying to listen to him, blah, blah, blah. Like who, who knows, but he only got one first place vote and he led the league in scoring. So that's weird. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I do. I do think the Lemieux fatigue is definitely there. I, I, I do also think that because the Penguins were not great, um, there was an in, inclination to be like, well, you know, yeah. we should pick someone else. And the problem, of course, as you said, is like the other forwards weren't really great candidates in part because they all had star teammates. 
but yeah, also they're way behind them. Remarkably similar. How do you pick one over the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need, you need a good narrative. I just, I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel like I've demonstrated that I'm not completely, uh, I'm generally unwilling to bend on this, but I, clearly I'm not completely unwilling. I, I decided that Jacques Plant one was correct. Yeah. I don't think Hashik has the case here. Mm. You know, I, I just don't see it. Like the thing, I think you can make an almost as good case in previous seasons that he deserved it because of how good he was. Now his case is better this year, but is it so much better than, than 96? I, I don't think it's that his case got better. I think it's, he stayed exactly where he was and everybody else didn't have a case. Yeah. Uh, or at least. No, I think, no, I think you're right. I think, I yeah. think you're right. The cases were weaker for everybody else. Yeah. 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 And I think that's all that did it right. It was like, well, that's like the third year in a row he's had the 930 save percentage. We kind of wanted to give, the, you know, give him some first place votes the other years. Is anybody jumping off the page for us? Like, no, not even Mario, but like, not really. Like, eh, let's give it to Hashik. He's done it a few years in a row. And, you know, maybe we should have, you know, he was in the conversation. I think it's almost like, a, you know, what if he never does it again and we never give him one? Like, yeah, let's give him one. And then, you know, he just kept doing it. But I think also a lot for a lot of people, uh, you know, the, 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 they all had that running mate. The 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 uh, the Avalanche, the the Red Wings, the the Rangers were all good teams. Well, and the Avs players were hurt, right? Yeah. That's the other yeah. thing. They missed like the Lacroix and Mike Keane led yes. the team in games played. Yeah, and no one else, and and Ozilinch made it to eighty, and John Clem, and then no one else made it to eighty games on the Avs that year. Yeah, and then and, they all got healthy enough for the playoffs to go back yeah. up. Uh, yeah, but but uh, like Forsberg and Sackick both missed 17 games. Yeah, and then well they also they also traded for a guy named Patrick Roy, which helped a lot. Yeah, um, but you know like I think it's just finally a case of nobody else jumped off the page enough to have them not be like like a, I'm sure a lot of them were just like well I I I'm not voting for this you know I'm not voting for Solani over Lemieux Lemieux beat him in points but I don't really want to vote to me it was just not enough people wanted to vote for Lemieux. And so it just went to another guy who stood out. And to me, the only other guy who really stands out on that list above his peers is Hashik, right? And it's sort of a sign of the times that like, and you know, that Buffalo team without Hashik probably is pretty bad, I would assume, right? Yeah. It it makes a huge difference. So I I guess it was sort of like he has less help than any of the other guys on the list. So let's give it to him. I Uh, guess, yeah. Yeah. It's it's it like it's not like he wasn't brilliant, right? It wasn't like no, 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 no. Yeah. That's certainly not. I would yeah. not say anything like that. I thought I think he's the best goalie in the league, and I think there's not. It's not even close. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, that's not entirely fair to Patrick Waugh, but like or, or Marty Bitter, yeah. Or Marty Bitter, other pretty good guys. Yeah, there. but like he's he's very he's the best yeah. goalie in the league. Yeah, and as my my usual objection to this is not that he you know goalies don't deserve awards it's just like the thing that as i've said many times in this series the thing that drives me crazy is that it's like they everyone just suddenly decides goalie this year and yeah. it just happens and there's no and and, and it it the, it's the lack of the process that yeah. makes me crazy it's like okay it's going to be a goalie this year because it's that once a decade thing where we decide to give a the tro a, a trophy that's always awarded to a skater to a goalie, that's the thing that makes me crazy. And also because I know no one in '97 knew it was gonna his year, next year would be better, but of course '98 was better, yeah. which made it really really hard to uh, give it to anyone other than him. Yeah. Um, 
And I agree with you, though. I think I think you're absolutely right about the narrative is that like they're just if you reject Lemieux, picking someone else is tough in 97. Yeah. And I, was, I, and I, I misspoke, by the way. This isn't the year the Avs won. This is the year the Red Wings finally break through. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's they won the year before the Avs. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I, I didn't want to get them mixed up. But uh, but also it's interesting to note, too, that you look on that leaderboard and there's not a Red Wing there. And that's the year that they finally break through and win the cup. So I think that was the year they finally doubled down and recommitted to defense. And like, yeah. I don't know if that was the year that Scotty Bowman was putting, uh, was putting Fedorov back on defense. And like, you got to play better. defense. I, don't, I remember him doing it. I just don't remember when he did it. I yeah. might've done it before that. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, Iserman, all those guys started to be like, you know what? We just blew everyone out of the water last year and ran away with the points. And then we lost in the playoffs to a team that was grittier and we need to all like recommit to playing a complete game, 200 foot game, you know, all that, you know, sort of like offense alone won't win this for us and sort of redoubled down in terms of like defensive effort. And so none of them show up on the leaderboards in terms of scoring, but they were a better all around team when it came to the kind of playoff hockey you need to win. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting that all of their guys disappear off the leaderboard and that's the year they win the cup. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so weirdly, uh, next year, Hashik has a better year though. His team doesn't, it's worth noting. Uh, his team is worse, but he is better by any stretch of the imagination. His save percentage goes up, um, slightly. His goals against average goes down, I think. Yep. And uh, his gold saved above average uh, stat, which no one cared about at the time, and no one still cares about, goes up slightly. And then also his shutouts go way, way up. 13, yeah. which was the first time someone had 13 shutouts in a long time, I think. I'm going to look that up while we're talking. Um, this, to me, this is the year. Again, <laughs> I'm not sure. I just don't. I just. Like, the Sabres aren't great. The Sabres are 10th. Yeah. They're not great. But if you're going to give it to Hashik any year of his career, this is the one that makes sense to me because the team is worse. He is better. Um, I'm going to – sorry, I'm trying to pull up the shutouts while I talk. Uh, there is – again, there's this whole, like, who the hell did we give it to? But the Penguins are – are better this year and and Yager has Yager's the best player best forward in the league. Um he's only a little bit ahead of Forsberg in terms of uh points per game but but uh 11 points because Forsberg being Forsberg was hurt all the time. Uh uh but 11 points ahead of him in the standings. The the Penguins are fourth. They're fourth by points, they're what by SRS. You know, they're fifth by SRS. They're still, you know, there is a case for Yager. Um, I'm not sure, uh, like, it's a good one necessarily, but it's there. Um, also, there's, this is the year, we talked about in 94 with Zubov, but Zubov also has a case. Um, because, of course, the Stars are the best team in the league, and their best player has... 69 points which is you know a very good sign of uh of um dead puck era itis uh um but yeah sorry hold on Uh, i'm gonna 
let me find this. I clicked on the wrong thing for the shutouts. So uh, Hashix 13 shutouts were the most since uh, Tony Esposito in 1970. And that, I think that has a lot to, like, I think anyone who... Yeah, that's, that's a huge jump statistically, like, those uh, those shutouts jump off the page where I think he had five or maybe seven before that. He had too. seven the year, the season before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, that's pretty uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Oh, sorry, no, you're right, he had five the year before, he had seven the previous year when he was yeah. in there. Yeah, sorry. so 13 is like a massive jump, I think. Yeah. What, what is the record, 15 in a season? Uh, it might be. No, no, it's, I think it's it's something insane. It's like 22. It's bonkers. Really? Remember? Uh, hold on. I'm just trying to find that. I'll tell you in a second. Um, it's something absurd. Yeah, 22, George Hainsworth, and 29. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's that's a completely... Uh, well, you know... It's a that's, completely- the, that's the year he, like, shut out all but all but two of his... Uh, uh, all but two of his games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still wasn't sure he deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the modern day record's probably 15, right? Yeah, yeah. Tony Esposito in 70 has, a, and he tied uh, Hal Winkler and Alec Connell had 15 and 28. Alec Connell had 15 and 26. So you're right. No one. So Hashik's Hashik's got the second most since or, the original six era began. Wow. Tied with Harry Lumley from 54. There he goes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive, right? So it's yeah, like, it is. The other thing, of course, is you gave the heart to Hashik in in '97. This yeah. this has happened a lot in the NBA recently. I'm sorry for bringing basketball, where <laughs> you have like people are like blown away by a player's particular performance, and then the next year that player's better, but they're not sure they want to give the MVP to the guy because someone else is having a really good year. But you're like, wait a minute, he's better. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. It happened to Westbrook, uh, I think, the year, and then it, uh, it happened to Harden as well. Um, when he didn't win, both of them didn't. They won a Harden or Hart an MVP, and then the next year they lost, even though they had better stats than the previous year because somebody else had an incredible year. But like, it's hard, right? When yeah. the year before you're looking at the guy and the guy's a better player, and you're like, well, we gave him the MVP last year. How can we not this yeah. year? Um. And I get that reasoning. I don't know that. I think in a normal year, in which Hashik doesn't have this crazy year, it's probably Yogers. Yeah, I would think so. Just kind of pretty clearly the best forward in the league. Mm-hmm. But um, and like I don't know. I guess you could make a case for for Zubov uh, if you wanted to. A lot of people would get really mad about it because <laughs> he's Russian and because they didn't watch the Dallas Stars, I think. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people really, really disliked Dallas at that time because they took the whole, um, you know, clutch and grab thing that Jersey was doing and basically became Jersey West. Yeah. Um, but with and they, even more even more of a bruising and physical style. Well, they, they were better at it in the regular season this year anyway than yeah. Jersey was. Barely, but a little bit. Yeah, well, they added Eddie Belfour, and that was sort of the missing ingredient, right? Yeah. Of the, you know, put a goalie in net who's, you know, one of the best goalies, let's say a top five goalie in the league at that point, and uh, yeah. add him to a team that's trapping it up as well as the Devils, but with more of an edge. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty tough to play against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, the part the part of me that doesn't want goalies to win this wants to give it to Yager, but I'm grudgingly like I'm more okay with 98 than I am okay with 97, even though it's an easier decision forward wise in 98. I guess I just like I don't agree with the like. Well, it's hard to pick a a, a skater this year, so throw up your hands, goalie. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I feel like this is the year where you're like, okay, um, you know, the year before Lemieux had 122 points, we just didn't know that point totals were going to start dropping for, for the next, you know, however many years. Yeah. And that 122 was really impressive with the game, the way the game was starting to be called uh, and played, uh, that 122 was going to really jump off the page when it, when he looked at the next, you know, five or six years. We didn't know that, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, Lemieux dropped. He's complaining about all these calls he's not getting. And, uh, you know, h- hockey's a man's sport and it's tough. And, you know, everybody's really into that stuff. So, you know, I, I feel like that's why Hashik won the first one. Yeah. It's because people got tired of Lemieux. And then, and that there was nobody else except for Lemieux that really had a case that jumped yeah. out over anybody else's case. This one, you know, Jaeger's got 102 points, but... You know the penguins are not lighting the world on fire, so it's. I like, mean, they're they're in fourth. That's usually yeah, acceptable I, for the heart. I guess, but it's it, it's it's weird, you know. Like then then why why you know why didn't he end up with more first place votes? They just I know. that Bill, you can ask that question about virtually every single vote in the history That's of true. this That's trophy. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. It yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, yeah. I, 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 what, what also doesn't make any sense is why Hashik got 50 the year before and only 43 when he had a better season. Yeah. And, and why is Solani getting, you know, five first place votes and Jaeger's only getting four. Yeah. You know, he, he beat Solani by, well, Solani played, uh, Solani played a few fewer games, but I mean, yeah. it, it's 102 points to 86. It's and a lot. It's a big I, difference. Yes. You could say Solani scored, you know, 52 goals and tied for the Rocket Richard with, uh, with Bondra there, but uh, it, it's point one four more points per game for Yager. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. Like I it's, mean, yeah. I don't have a you know my only my only uh, reason why Yager didn't get more votes is because there was a certain group of people when he was younger. This is hard for anyone who became a fan of hockey more recently to understand who just really thought Yager was, like, not, like, he was, like, a wuss. And he was not, there was something, like, he he lacked character, right? Remember, like, remember the picture of him cross-dressing? I thought, actually, no. Oh, yeah, so he, like, he cross-dressed for, like, Halloween or something one year. And, like, people lost their minds how unmanly he was. Oh, my God, yeah. And... And uh, I just like because he's because he's Czech, you know, Um, and it was just a joke. And now if he did it now, if a player, you know, uh, if a player did it now, I feel like no one would give a shit. Right. Well, a few old guys would. But a different era, too, though. Right. Hockey was like, you know, we were we were celebrating people being concussed all over the ice and punching each other's faces in constantly like it was. I would say other than the 70s, maybe the most violent era of hockey. Um, although, you know what? We, we didn't really watch the 50s and 60s. I'm sure there's a fair, there's a fair yeah. bit of violence going on throughout the sport. But it, it was sort of, um, at least in terms of the ferocity of the hitting, like 
the, the hitting in that era was not meant to separate the guy from the puck. It was meant to separate his head from his body. Like it was all headshots. Yeah. Um, and, and so hockey was seen as like the manliest sport and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it was big, big narrative of how tough hockey players were. So, you know, anything like that, that could have suggested, you know, could have suggested something outside of that ultra masculinity would have been just, you know, at that time, just completely. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if Don, Don Jerry said anything about that. Um, well, you know what? I'm uh, So there's two things that have happened, one or the other. I completely misremembered which player it was who did this, and it was somebody else who got attacked uh, for it. Or he is he has done an amazing job of scrubbing it from the internet because it happened so long ago that there wasn't much of it on the internet. Because I am not finding it. So it it's I guess it's possible it's another Czech player who did it, or another yeah. European player. And I just can't, I have no memory. Um, in fact, if you're listening to this and you know who it is, we would love to hear from you. Um, I I swear it was him, uh, but I guess not, because I have Googled it while we were talking, and I cannot find a picture of him. I find other Halloween costume pictures of him. Um, and uh, But when I Google it, it's like... Uh, maybe Maybe it really wasn't him. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Got it. Got it. Um, Cross-dressing for charity. But no picture. Oh. <laughs> so um, he, does it, he does it for charity and everybody loses their minds on him anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a forum post. So someone else remembers it happening too, but okay. there's no like link to any source. Yeah, so yeah. apparently either the two of us hallucinated or like it, ha- <laughs> it did happen, but there's like no record of it on the internet, or at least that I can find in five minutes. But yeah. my point being uh, is just that there was this sort of idea that he wasn't, that if something was lacking in his ability. Um, anyway, yeah. That that's that's again the whole like you know good old Canadian guys and yeah, but yeah. You know, they gave it they gave it to Hashik and he's also Czech so I mean yeah. like yeah just I, I guess he it, he doesn't have to be tough because he's a goalie I don't know like I think so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I just feel I just feel like his stats didn't jump out enough to make it unanimous and Hashik yeah. did so they're like well let's just you know let's give it to the guy we gave it to last year he had even more shutouts he's amazing. Well, it is. It is also just as I just to reiterate what I said. It's a weird thing to vote against a guy or not for a guy who you voted for the year before who is better. Yeah. Um, now the as I said, the NBA has had to deal with this, and they have, and people have either had cognitive dissonance and ignored it, or dealt with it by voting for someone else, or just are ignoring their feelings. But like, it is a weird thing. Like, I think once you vote for him in '97, it's hard to not vote for him in '98. Oh, All right. So not- oh, by the way, just to prove that uh, the uh, the New York media didn't just uh, artificially pump up uh, Messier's first place votes, Gret- Gretzky gets a first place vote there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. After he's after he's playing for the Rangers, so yeah. <laughs> for uh, for a ninety point season, he gets a yeah. he gets a heart trophy vote just because they'd never seen him on Broadway before. They're like, wow, this guy's incredible. Yeah, right? imagine you you know that Wayne Gretzky is a pretty good hockey player. He was there in 97. He was there in 97, yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, like, he finally had a good enough year that they could get some votes in for him or whatever. But, uh, yeah. So, going ahead to 99, Yager gets his trophy because Yager has the fabled 120 points. Uh, I believe this is this might be the last season a player had 120 points until Thornton um, and, and Crosby, like, post-lockout, but I could be wrong. We're going to find out. Um, 
So Yager has 127 points. He is 1.57 points per game, which is point uh, 0.24 up on Solani, who is also 20 points behind him in the uh, Art Ross race. Um, the Penguins, of course, are not great. Yeah. So the big question is, does this really belong to someone on the stars? Uh, whether that's Madano or whether it's uh, Zuav, um, who did not have a great offensive year because, of course, the stars were, you know, uh, not scoring a lot of goals. Uh, they were scoring 236 in a season, which is like, think about other totals we were talking about. But they were, uh, they were the best defensive team and they were the best overall team by, uh, you know, they were, the Senators were, I don't remember the 99 Senators being that good, but the Senators were like, um, quite good. Uh, I guess that's the year Yashin had, is this the year Yashin had the, his best year of his career? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. because he came in second in, uh, in votes. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the one, one year that Yashin was like amazing. Uh, anyway, so I think, I think the argument, basically, if there is an argument, I'm not sure there is, because as much as 11th is not great, they've given it to worse guys on worse teams before. Uh, Yager was, like, well ahead of everybody else in scoring. Yeah. Um, the Penguins were fourth in offense, um, but they weren't that far behind the Leafs. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you feel like there's controversy here? I, I do not know. I feel like this one's a no-brainer. Even when I look at Madano's stats, you know, best player on the best team, he has 81 points. I mean, Jaeger's got 127. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a huge difference. I don't think I don't think you can give it to Madano as much as I think Madano's a great player. I I really don't think uh, I don't think it's possible to give it to anybody but Jaeger this year. No, fair enough. I I'm not 100% there. I'm mostly there. Uh, I do feel like I just I think Madano. We I don't know. I think Medano is is much more of a like complete like I feel like Medano does not get enough of because like he didn't get ever get a selkie. He yeah. doesn't get enough of the like Bergeron level uh love that he might yeah. have should have gotten. Oh yeah, he's, at a, great, time. he's a great player. I mean yeah. Me but wrong. uh yeah, I mean no, I think Yager's a good choice here. I think I, he's I, the I obvious so choice. Good. It's, it's worth noting that this year, like the year before he had 102, right? And you're like, yeah. why not give it to Yager? I'm like, like 102 and like Hashik doing what he did this year. Hashik has a 937 save percentage and <laughs> nine shutouts instead of his 13. He's ridiculous. But they're like, we're not giving it to him three years in a row. But also, yeah, Yager outclassed everybody else in terms of points. So it was a no-brainer, right? Like you're like, okay, yeah. if we're going to take it away from the goalie, somebody has to really blow everyone away, and Jagger did. So, but but thank you for thank you for making that point because, with the exception of the the shots he faced, which were way down from his peak, like in the two years Hashik won the Hart, he was over twenty one hundred shots. He was almost at twenty two hundred shots faced, I should say. Uh, in in ninety seven and ninety eight, he had slightly fewer, only a few, like one game's worth fewer. Not even really. Well, in that in that era, one game's worth. Um, but he was down to eighteen hundred and seventy-seven in ninety-nine. Not that anyone was actually looking at these things, but like yeah. he was, he's still by the goals saved above average metric, the best goalie in the league. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, shutouts are down. Save percentage is way up. Oh, way up is up. GAA is way down. Um, team is. Uh, I don't know what the team 
how good the team was this year. Probably not. Were they better this year? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they were about the same. They were ninth. But you're right, Bill. I think this is something that I forget sometimes when I'm getting angry about goalie hearts, is that one of the reasons they choose a goalie is because they are they don't know what to do about forwards. And in this case, all you got to do is look at the point standings, and you go, well, that's easy. Did, yeah. the, did the Penguins make the playoffs? Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Problem solved. And yeah. I think even if they didn't make the playoffs with that big of a discrepancy between, you know, other other potential forwards that could have been given the award, I think it's easily Jaggers. And at this point, he had generally become regarded as, I think, the best player in hockey it was right before he went to Washington. And everyone was sort of like, yeah, we were pretty sure he's the best player in the game right now. Um, and, and, you know, if, if he had only gotten, if let's say he'd gotten hurt and he'd only gotten uh, 97 points, then I think it's Hashik's again. Um, just because I think I think you very well could be right. out. Yeah. 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 And Hashik's numbers again were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, which, uh, which is uh, one of the reasons I'm annoyed by the voting is because yeah. it's, it's not consistent, right? It's like yeah. Hashik has four years in a row ish where based on the standard of two of those years, he should win the heart or three, at the very least three, but it could be four. And it's like, but he doesn't in some of those years because I don't know, because reasons. Well, I, I, I think really it's like, he's, he's consistently elite yeah. at his position. He's very clearly the best goalie in the league. And so they're like, we'll give it to him unless somebody blows us out of the water. And so some, somebody has to, um, yeah. and then, you know, Jagger does it here with his 127 points. Whereas Lemieux didn't with his 122 points, but yeah, that's because figure. everyone, you know, Lemieux fatigue. And we also didn't know how hard it was going to get to score a hundred. Yeah. Well, I mean, points, you know, if we, uh, that's a good segue to 2000 where we get into the full blown heart of the dead puck era where no one even manages to score a hundred points. Yager, Yager has 96. Um, he has 1.5, uh, two points per game, which means he missed some games. Uh, because uh, you don't, yeah. So how many games did he miss? Two uh, thousand. Oh, he missed. Uh, oh, he missed nineteen games. So already he's not a great choice. He, despite leading the league in points, he missed nineteen games. So he had a he had a good offensive year. Um, but it was given to Chris Pronger, who is uh on the best team in the league. And um, this is my so Chris Pronger is the first defenseman to win it since Bobby Orr. Um. And you, we could, of course, we we just talked about Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey definitely had a case in '95. Pronger's case in in we talked about this on the Chris Pronger episode, but uh, it comes down to basically this: uh, the Blues were the best team in the league. Um, they were somehow the best team in the league. Both uh, they were the best defensive team in the league, and they were only the third. Like the fact that they were only the third best offensive team, like. I always imagine these blues as being like significantly worse offensively than they were in yeah. my memory. Um, and they weren't now, no one was good offensively. They scored uh, 248 goals and that somehow put them in third, um, which is crazy in an 82 yeah. game season. But here's the thing. Pronger is third on the team in points with 62 points behind Pavel Dimitra with 75 and Pierre Turgeon with 66. Turgeon played 52 games. Wow. But here's the thing. This is the reason why uh, I think people who, who didn't watch this and didn't watch how good Pronger was, this is the thing I want to mention that I think should convince you. 
Pronger's average ice time for his 79 games was 30 minutes and 14 seconds. Good God. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he was just the the way that he progressed from being, uh, you know, like it was, it was, you know, he got drafted when he was in Hartford, ended up getting traded for uh, Brendan Shanahan. And then he just sort of bl- blossomed into this guy that I would say for a solid decade, played half the game all the time yeah. and it's you know i remember uh our, our mutual friend mike from uh from uh, when we were at bishops you know texting me and i was uh it was it was the year in the playoffs that vancouver ended up meeting the ducks in the second round and i was living over in japan and i was like you know i'm the wongo played so well in round one if we can just keep every game and keep them all going to ot and we get some lucky bounces maybe and he just he just texted me back he's like how are you ever going to score they have Prongmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they have Niedermeyer. One of them is always on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes both of them are on the ice. How are you going to get through that? And you're like, oh. And then I was, I was like, I just gave up hope. I'm like, wow, we're never going to win. I was all hopeful before that. I'm like, he's right. We're never going to be able to beat them. Yeah, they're too good. They just play so much of the game. They're just, they're never really going to get through and expose any other potential weakness they might have on the team. And then the Ducks did go on to win the cup. So there you go. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So so uh so it, this is this is um I believe I just want to confirm that this is yeah this is also this is the uh most time that a a defenseman had ever played in a season. Wow. Um though that would go up uh he also has the record for playoff ice time average ice time um but um I believe that was on a year that they didn't win the well obviously they didn't win the cup it's the Blues but uh um, uh, I know that changed recently, but for a very long time, they had never won a cup. But also, um, I don't think it was a particularly long year uh, that he played 35 minutes because uh, because I, I used to have the, those uh, – those there was like seven players who played like 30 minutes a game throughout the four rounds of the playoffs, and he did that on the Oilers, and it wasn't – I don't think it was 35. Anyway, fact yeah. is yeah. – he had, no, no player, no skater had ever played so much during a single season um, yeah. in history. And yeah. he Remarkable. did so on the best team in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, like, exactly. this is just, like, for me, this one's, a, like, as no-brainer as it gets. Um, it's it's weird, too, because it's one of the closest votes in the history of the, uh, of the award. Yeah. Uh, so, some people won't give it to a defenseman, right? They just have yeah. that, like, sort of preconceived notion. Um, and so they would have had to choose either uh, Jagger or Bure, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and they, they both had very good years. But again, I think if you're going to get past what Pronger did, being best player on best team, having 62 points in 79 games as a defenseman during this sort of dead puck era, I think if Jagger had played the full season, he might have done 120 points again and had a case. But as it stands, I think Pronger's a, Pronger's a very good choice, and that's, you well, know, the Penguins were even worse this year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I know. Like, Jaeger was kind of a one-man show on that team, just like Burray was a one-man show on the Panthers, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, liter- like, literally both those guys in, in the dead puck era where teams are allowed to clutch and grab you, the team would say, okay, if we don't let Burray or Jaeger score, we will absolutely beat this team. The rest of them suck. And You're absolutely right about that, though. I'd, and and I'd they forgotten. still both scored almost 100 points. <laughs> I'd forgotten how much Yager was a one-man show because Kovalev had 66 points in 82 games. He was 30 behind Yager. Yeah. And and then Robert Lang was 65 and Martin. So, like, 
Yager was way far ahead of everyone else. So I, I get some voting for Yager in this case, but he did miss a lot of games. His team wasn't very good. And what Pronger did was historic. Sorry? It's probably even more egregious for Bure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can. That Panthers team is not very good. And, you know, he still scored 58 goals with, from what I remember, very well, little help. The Panthers <laughs> were uh, significantly better than the Penguins, actually. Wow, that's yeah. pretty unbelievable. So uh, Panthers 98, Penguins 88. And the SRS difference is 0.28 for the Panthers and point uh, negative 0. 0.03 for the Penguins, which means they had a slightly negative goal differential. Um, Burray was 23 points ahead of Whitney, so not quite as far ahead as Yager was okay. a couple of. Okay, but, I, I forgot about Ray Whitney. Yeah. Everyone forgets about Ray Whitney. Huh. Poor Ray Whitney. Yeah. He's a good um, player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at some point, we're going to have to talk about his Hall of Fame case. Um, yes. Anyway, I, uh, to me, I don't know. I just, this, this is like, this is one of those, and this, he had a historic season, Bronger did, like, absolutely historic, yes. and, yes. and I, I think that, like, the fact that, like, he got 25 first place votes, Yager at 18, and Bray got 11 is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I, 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 you know me, like, I'm one of the, you know, biggest Bray fans probably in the entire world, um, yeah. but to me, that's like, Pronger's playing 30 minutes a night, he's on the best team, it's, you know, and, 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 like, literally, like, if you want, if you if you value goals more than assists, then you can make an argument for Bury over Jagger that year, maybe, or and Jagger missed some more games. Like you could at least make a case, but over over Pronger when he's playing thirty minutes a night, and you know he's on the cover of NHL, which they usually do to like the most dominant player, I think the next year. But I mean, yeah. he was it was finally people were going like, holy crap, this guy's the best defenseman in the league, or at least he's in the argument with someone like um, uh, Scott Niedermeyer. Um, or I, I guess Leach had sort of fallen off by this point, but like a guy like that, where you're just like, man, that guy is everything to his team. When he's on the ice, everything's fine. When he's not, oh, this is where we could get in trouble. Yeah. So next year we have Joe Sackick's first um, Hart Trophy. He was on the Avalanche, who were the best team by points, but who SRS has is second best, despite the fact that they were uh, seven points ahead of the, uh, the next best team. So there, there you go. Uh, some of that has to do with uh, just the quirks, you know, when they scored their goals. Because uh, weirdly, the Devils were a better offensive team in uh, in this season than the Abs were. So go figure. Yeah. Uh, so Sakic uh, was second in points, uh, three behind Yager, um, for uh, um, for the lead. And then of course Mario Lemieux came back. And so Mary Lemieux had uh, the most points per game by a lot over Yager. He was almost a point three ahead of him. And so it was Lemieux 1.77, Yager 1.49, and Sakic 1.44. So Sakic was given the award because he was on the best team, I think, or best team by by record anyway. Um, yeah, or, or, or that people would have said once Lemieux came back, it really helped Yager. Something like yeah, that. I, oh, yeah. I think that is... Uh, very likely that that was a very strong narrative. Um, Lemieux's how many points? Is, so Lemieux had uh, this was his first year back, but he only played forty three games and he had seventy six points in forty three games. Um, of course, this is not as you know he would have a better. I think that's a better year, but a better year. Uh, oh no, that's not a better year. <laughs> the team was worse. 
Um, they had that year in 2003, too, where he had a 91. But um, anyway, this one, um, Penguins, again, are not very good. Yeah. So I think it's easy to understand the Sackick argument. Um, yeah, I, based, I have no issue with this Sackick one. If based Lemieux on, plays a full season, maybe it's Lemieux, but... yeah. And and the thing is, uh, Forsberg missed a few games, but he was way off the pace for Sackick, right? Like Sackick was, Sackick scored almost thirty points more than Forsberg. Yeah, he was his whole team. Lemieux and Yager had each other at least when Lemieux was playing. Um, the weird thing is, is like the 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 no love for Patrick Eliash, <laughs> who I know only had ninety six points since it was way off Yager's pace but was the best forward on the weirdly best offensive team in the league, the New Jersey Devils, who were actually the best team in the league by goal differential. Um, not that anyone knew that because of their reputation. Uh, they were also, I believe, oh, no, they weren't the best defensive. In fact, the Avs were a better defensive team than the uh, Devils this year, which is, like, really throwing the whole narrative on its head. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, Sackick's a fine choice. I mean, I think you yep. could... You could argue Yager, but I think that because of how bad the Penguins were, I think it's got to be Sackick, right? Yeah, and he, and, he, and he won the Lindsay as well, right? You know, yeah, so yeah. like to, to, to me, to me, that says it. I'd also like to point out, just for uh, everyone to enjoy, that Roman Chechmanic uh, finished fourth in voting. Um, he didn't have any first place votes, but he got fourteen point three five percent of the votes. That, but that was that was the year they had that crazy year, right? Yeah, yeah, because nobody knew what to do with him because he was so big and he would just sort of charge out at you and stuff. Like yeah. he didn't know what to do yet. Um, and also one one of the best hockey nicknames, the the chick magnet. <laughs> That's great stuff. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Speaking of goalies, we have our our third goalie heart in the last six seasons. Um, oh yes, I remember. Or five five seasons, whatever it is. Uh, and this is uh, Jose Theodore, who, as Bill has brought up a million times so far in this series, deserved to win because he stood on his head. Um, he had the best season by a goalie of this year, probably. His he had a 46 goal save again uh, above average, which is uh, not as good as Hashik's were when Hashik was the best goalie in the league. 9.31 save percentage, not the best goals against average, but who really cares? That's a team stat. And you you strongly believe, having watched this, that Montreal would have sucked without him. Oh yeah, they would have been bad without him. Um, the, the the thing was like the year before that they. They started playing Theodore. They were not good, though, you know. A lot of people were clamoring for it, and Jeff Hackett was their goalie, and he was really good. And I'm like, why? I remember Jeff Hackett, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, Hackett's really consistent and very good. Theodore, to me, is like, maybe he'll be the goalie of the future, but he doesn't seem like he's ready. And then the next year, he went bonkers um, and was, you know, one of those very athletic goalies. So he made a lot of very flashy saves and stuff, but, like, they would have been pretty bad without him. That... That the Habs they were already, they were era. pretty bad though is the thing yeah, <laughs> they were no, very I, I average team like, they made the playoffs but I mean like yeah and I think if they, they don't make the, made playoffs, the playoffs I know if they don't make it he doesn't get it um, yeah to, to 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 my eye but that's that being said they did make it pretty much uh, because of him because he got really hot for a year and um, and then they ended up winning a playoff series you know uh, against Boston and he made that ridiculous like spin around save. Um, he was just sort of in the zone for that for that one year, 
but uh, th- that yeah. team was what I remember from that team. You know, I had a lot of friends who are Habs fans uh, living in Montreal, and they're like, "We've we've we've got a really good third line, and then another really good third line, and then another really good third line, but nobody can score. Like they just they were just a team of everybody was good, but nobody was great except for the goalie, which is a a lot of people would argue a, a problem that continues to plague Montreal to this day, but. Um, you know, it's it like legitimately. I was like, "Who's your first line center?" It's like Koivu, but he's not as good as he used to be. And it's like, man, like you guys are not looking great here. <laughs> like they, you know, I I think that might have been the year they had Richard Zednik, who who actually was their leading scorer, and he was. Oh, no, it was, it was Yannick Perot. Oh boy. Okay, so it's even before they got Zednik. Never mind. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it it was a team of like these guys are going to keep the game close and the goalie's going to have to make a couple of big saves. Or we're going to so it was Zednik was also on the team, but Zednik had 44 points per at 56. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he blossomed into his scoring yet. And then they got knocked out by McLaren. He was never the same. Um, um, so I, I, I understand the reasoning. And I think what you said before about Hashik in the, that first Hashik season really applies to this season too, because of course the points leader, Jerome McGinley was on a non-playoff team. Now, That's the only reason I think he doesn't get it, because he, he scored 52 goals that year, and it was, like, borderline yeah. impossible to score 50 goals anymore. And and the other thing is that um, your guys, uh, yeah. they probably canceled each other out a little bit, Naslin and Bertuzzi, but yeah. also the Canucks were also not great. Now, yeah. I think they were better. In, yeah. I've, I've got a hot take. Yeah. Are you ready for my hot take? I'm ready. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say that I think the Hart Trophy probably should have gone to Brendan Shanahan. Really? Yep. That's really interesting. My case is my, would not have been my pick. <laughs> or you know what? It could also be Lidstrom. I want a Red Wing. I want a Red Wing because they were far and away the best team in the league, far and away. There's no oh, that was question. the year they stacked their team with a whole bunch of Hall of Famers. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not on board with that. No way. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't like free agency. Free agency is silly. Uh, they, had like, they had like a salary cap team that would barely have squeezed under nowadays, and everybody else is operating at like... Yeah, the rules, the rules are the rules. You don't, those I'm teams... aware, but I'm, I'm not rewarding that sort of grandiose spending and stacking your team like that. I, I, I 100% disagree. If you want to argue Iggy, no problem. No, no. <laughs> hell no. He, no, no. Never. He didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> make, not only did he not make the playoffs, the the Flames were pretty bad. They missed yeah, well, the playoffs. I mean, they had no help, so to me, it's, they, pl- they missed the playoffs by like thirteen points or something like that. Yeah, well, no, more than that. They missed yeah, the playoffs by fifteen points. Well, to 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 me, like, and I I know that um, that was the season Bertuzzi got suspended for jumping off the bench to. Uh, Save Jovanovski from getting bitten by one of the Avalanche players, and then finally, finally got serious about playing hockey after that because it kind of woke him up. And okay. then he, he he had 85 points in 72 games, which like all of a sudden he was elite. You know, like whoa, where did this guy come from? But you know, if you look at his points per game, he's only point one ahead of Iggy. Iggy did it for 82 games with. Yeah. Not Marcus Nasland on his other wing making him look great, you know. Like Iggy's yeah. to me did all that heavy lifting by himself. I'm, yeah. I'm way more into Iggy winning it than uh, I. I think anybody except for I guess Theodore. And if I, I guess if the Flames make the playoffs, it's a slam dunk Iggy. Um, Probably. 
I think the only the because you could look at that Habs team and be like, there's no way they make it without Theodore. I'm okay with giving it to him, but I feel like again, probably in terms of how good of a player he was, probably should have got it. I just don't think he was as valuable because they didn't make the playoffs. So to me, it's Theodore wins, but you know, like he wins on what is it, seventy percent each, and then he just has to be more first place votes. So um, yeah, it was a very extraordinarily close vote. Um, it's either one of those guys, but I guess since Theodore made the playoffs, I'd give it to Theodore. But, um, yeah, I can't. I I mean, listen, I didn't watch the Habs play that year. The Habs were awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I watched them. Of course, I watched them. We were in school. We lived in Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I watched them drunk. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I was drunk a lot of the time. That I, to the extent that I watched the Habs, I was probably drunker when we were. But they always put the Leafs game on, right? On yes. on CBC. Um, but also, I feel like I would have been drunker when we were watching uh, either Canucks or Oilers or Flames games later. Yeah, much um, later at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I just I don't. I have two problems with this. A, they gave it to a goalie. And B, they use the drag dragged his team to the playoffs narrative, which, as I have said many times during this series, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like rewarding mediocre teams for barely making the playoffs because awesome. there are more spots to make the playoffs than there should be. Like it, that, it, I, I do agree with you on that point. However, that said, I think when it when it when a, a guy almost single handedly elevates his team to being a playoff team. Uh, I, I think it's worth something. Yeah. All right. Just Agreed he doesn't have enough help, right? Yeah. Like, no, he, he he definitely didn't have any help. I mean, what did I say? Perot had 56 points? Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have a confession to make. Yes. I was called out at once by a fed, fed, uh, fellow Leafs fan. I used to love Yannick Perot so much. Oh, dude. Uh, he, was a, he was an extremely, extremely useful player. Well, he was also like... Before anyone gave a shit about faceoffs, yeah, when I say gave a shit, I mean casual fans gave a shit about faceoffs. He yeah. was like a monster. But like, I remember once saying how much I love Yannick Perot and this fellow Leafs fan. I was like, he's like so lazy. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And then, and this is later. This is much later. Like he was getting old at this point. And sure enough, I I I had to catch a game with him. Happened to catch a game with him later. He wasn't. It was he was on the least three separate times, but I don't think it was one of those times. And like, I just uh, he of course then immediately like got off a shift when it was like he really shouldn't have and, and <laughs> didn't score, but it was some like breakaway way that he caused by not paying attention. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was also like I don't know how old he was at that point. He was old and infirm, so yeah. I don't know if I don't remember him being like that when I was younger. But of course I was a less knowledgeable fan, so all I was paying attention to was the fact that he won like what felt like every face off he ever took. Yeah, I think I think his percentage was like well into the sixties, maybe even close to seventy some year. I have no, I have no idea. I just, it felt like, I know it felt like that. Yeah. It felt yeah. like if he was taking the face off, we weren't going to lose it. Yeah. And, and so that's why I loved him. And, oh, and, uh, and those, those guys fan. make such a big difference on a team that is like a contender. If you have a yeah. guy like that, that you can trot out there, like we really need this face off. This guy will win it. That's, you know, or at least not lose it like clean. Like he'll at least draw, you know, scramble it up so that we get a chance to get the puck or at least get out to the point and cover the shot. Like those guys are so valuable when it comes to like the playoffs, and uh, you know there's uh, guys like um, 
Manny Malhotra when uh, when he was in Vancouver and then he got hit yeah. in the eye, so they didn't have him for the playoffs, and that was such a huge blow to how good the team was because he he made that third line just always have the puck, and so the possession numbers were incredible. And it's like minute he got hurt, you're like, uh oh, we don't have anybody else who can really win faceoffs like that. That's a huge hole on the team. Like that's a big problem for us. Um, so and I also remember a year in the playoffs where. Uh, Minnesota beat Vancouver and they, they would trot out Cliff Ronning onto the ice just to take the face off yeah, yeah. and right back to the bench. Like, just get us the puck and then go to the bench. <laughs> We're going to dump it in anyways. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> I thought this was the year. I was good. I, I had, I thought I had a segue and I, I sort of do, but I I'm, must be somewhat confused a little bit. So I, uh, so in the next year is 2002, 2003, and I, I lived in Australia for part of this hockey season, oh, and yeah. so I did not watch the playoffs. But on the tr- on the trade deadline day, this is when the Leafs acquired Doug Gilmore back, 39-year-old Doug Oh, Gil- yeah. Uh, soon to be 40, and he, of course, his career was ended in like two games or something like no, that. No, no, no. First, first game. Shift. First shift, that's right. I w- yeah. In my defense, I was in another country. Do, uh, do you remember who fell into his leg? No, no, I, I was, I didn't see it live or anything like that, so oh, I watched I, it later. I did. It was Dave Lowry. Oh, yeah, that's, okay, yeah, that rings a bell. We remember but, it very well, because we were all like, oh, it's kind of nice, I'll get to go finish his career there. Nope. Oh, that sucks. But my, it, was, uh, it was just an accident, he fell into him. Like, it wasn't my true. segue was going to be, I thought that year I was super excited about the Leafs, despite not being able to watch them because of the 16-hour, uh, 14-hour and 16-hour time difference. And the fact that there were, at the time, no sports bars in Melbourne, um, it was super strange. There were very few of them, and the few that exist all showed rugby. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, and uh, AFL. But uh, anyway, but I I thought, I swear, I, I was so convinced that Yannick Perot had also been reacquired to this team. Because <laughs> my memory was that, the like, down the middle, it was Sundin, Travis Green, Yannick Perot and Doug Gilmore, and I was convinced they were never going to lose a face-off. <laughs> uh, but Yannick, I'm looking at the roster right now, and Yannick Perot was not. So it must have been the year before that they traded for the corpse of Yannick Perot. I don't, I don't know when they did. Maybe it was a year after, and I just confused them in my mind. But I was like, when Doug Gilmore got traded back, I got so happy, and then you know he got injured, and I also could not. It was impossible. Um, yeah. I didn't. Uh, it was impossible to watch hockey in Australia in 2003. It was like basically impossible. I did not actually ever find a game while I was there. Anyway, that was a really poor segue into 2002-2003 in which Peter Forsberg won his first and only heart. The Avalanche were sixth by points, but SRS has them as the fourth best team. Forsberg won the Art Ross by two points over Nasland, but he was well ahead of Nasland in points per game at, uh, you know, Point one point one four at Nasland, um, ahead of everybody, even Lemieux, who was this was uh, Lemieux's other, you know, last kick of the can. Basically, it wasn't his final season, but it was his last decent season for a very bad Penguins team. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's Forsberg, unless you think it should be someone on the Senators, right? Yeah. Because the Senators are the best in the league. Well, it's, it, uh, to, to me, it was either the whole race coming down to the end was going to be Forsberg or Naslin, but Naslin's good. That's the thing, too. It was, it was like the argument against... Oh, that's true. Yeah, and the Canucks were the Canucks were a better... Uh, yeah, they were, they were getting better. Yeah, they had that dominant line. So um, they, 
So they're actually, sorry to keep interrupting, but t uh, record-wise, they were, I mean, they didn't have the same records, but they, they were one point apart, and they SRS-wise, they're 0 0.01 apart. So they were very, very similar in terms yeah. of their quality, even though uh, their records are significantly different. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, Forsberg had uh, had that line with Hayduke and uh, Tange. Yeah. And then uh, Bertuzzi and uh, Morrison and Naslin. So it's really like, it's almost like a line award, and you just pick the guy who has the most points. Um, but, like, those two lines were far and away the best two lines in the NHL at that point. Uh, I, I guess maybe you can make a uh, an argument for the Senators' top line, but... Um, they they were, scored a lot less. Clearly, fast the league, um, yeah. and that was sort of um, that whole season was constant like battles between those two teams. And uh, you know, I think on the last last day of the season, uh, Forsberg passed Nasland, and they lost the division because they lost that game. <laughs> that was like neck and neck down to the wires. Like, oh man. Um, and then uh, and then they crapped out in the playoffs too. So. <laughs> um, it took a little longer. They made it to the second round, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they inevitably fell apart as they always do. Uh, but like you, you know, for for those two years, it was very clear that uh, Forsberg's line or you know Naslin's line, or I don't know if you want to call it uh, want to call it by the center Morrison's line. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, they, they had two extremely strong players on that line with one other quite good player. Um, being uh, being Tongay and uh, and Morrison, and uh, so like those lines just hummed and just picked up points like crazy, and were sort of the offensive engines for their teams. And the rest of the teams were, you know, it's still that dead puck era, so they're grinding it out. So those those players, I would say those four players were all worthy of it. Thornton on the Bruins doing it sort of, I don't want to say by himself, but with maybe a little bit less help than that at that point, is also super impressive. I didn't realize he had 101 points that year. Um, yeah. In fewer it was right when they decided that he shouldn't. All a couple of years before they decided he was terrible and shouldn't be on the team anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, wasn't the, the, wasn't tough enough or something. To, to to me, since Forsberg had a higher points per game, he played seven less games than Naslin and still had more points than him. Yeah, uh, it's fine to give it to him, unless you're in the school of like the guy's got to be a goal scorer as well, and that goals have more value. In which case. Uh, you know, Hayduke had 50, uh, Nasland had 48, and Bertuzzi had 46. So they're all sort of helping each other get to yeah. those totals. Uh, I, I'm fine with Forsberg. Um, if you value goals more, you might make a case for Nasland. He did win the uh, the Lester B. Um, yeah. But you know, to me, to me, it's uh, Forsberg very clearly was the better player. Nasland, I think, had the better shot. Um, and so even though Naslin was a very fine player at that point, I think Forsberg's the like lock to be a hall of famer, sort of like I can take over an entire game by myself. And Bertuzzi had a bit of that as well for those, like, I guess about two or two and a half, three years there where he was really dominant. But yeah. I still think Forsberg overall was probably the best player out of the three of them. And Hayduke was no slouch, by the way, just, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with Forsberg constantly feeding him the ball. Well, like, I mean... As someone whose favorite hockey player of all time is Peter Forsberg, uh, I <laughs> I like any suggestion that Hey Duke should have won this is like lost on me a little bit yeah, simply yeah. because I feel like Hey Duke, fine player, but a lot of his success had to do with the fact that he was playing with somebody I regard as one of the best players of the era who just yeah, yeah when like when 
when Forsberg wanted to take over a game, he flat out took over a game. And you couldn't really be super physical with him too because he was he was a big dude and he could really chuck those elbows around. And yeah. like, he was up. So as my, to, to me, he was he was like a perfect combination of what Bertuzzi could bring to the table and what Naslin could bring to the table. Um, you know, he could really do both those things, be as like physically dominant and hard to knock off the puck as Bertuzzi could be, but he could also finesse you and deke around you the way that Naslin could. So he's like a like a perfect marriage of those two skill sets in one player. He was phenomenal. And for a long time, like when, when we watched during that era, as as incredible as Joe Sackick was, for a lot of those years, I'm like, I think Forsberg's actually better than Sackick, and I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Well, I, I always thought that, and the, the only thing that I, I think of when I uh, temper when I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm for remembering him as, in my view, the greatest player of all time, which is very, I know he's not, and I, that's Bobby Orr, I should point out. But uh, but that I just get very, uh, especially with nostalgia for remembering watching him, as opposed to actually watching, you know, it's not like I've gone back and watched games, I just remember watching the games, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah um, but, like, the Even thing... Even as a guy whose team was always locked in these battles yeah. with him, I'm like, man, that guy's good. He's so annoying to play against. But the historical thing that I point to as to the thing that suggests he wasn't quite as good as I thought is uh, that, like, most of his coaches, his and Sackick's coaches, which weren't that many. They only had a few together, I think, because what's-his-name was there for a while, right? Uh, Crawford. Wasn't he there for a while? Yes, Crawford was there for a while. Yeah, but they all played Sackick more. So, or almost always. So one thing you can say is as much as I may have thought Forsberg was the better player or more important player, the coaches thought Sackick was. Um, now, some of that could just be Forsberg was so fucking fragile that uh, they felt they had to play him less because they were constantly worried about him getting hurt. But I have no idea which version is true. I, um, never... I, I actually have a different theory than that. Um, that that Joe Sackick was your number one offensive center. And a lot of people would much prefer that your second line center be able to do a little bit of everything. So you're not worried about him getting trapped out there against the other team's top line. Yeah. So, you know, you can sort of throw him out there whenever you want. And then if the other team brings their top line against him, he's going to handle it fine. And then your top line can go out against their second or third. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And that, and that would explain, the deployment too, because of course Forsberg was a. My memory is Forsberg was a much better defensive player than Joe Sakic. It's <laughs> entirely that's possible. My, that's that's my memory as well. Yeah. Just, or 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 may, maybe not that Sakic couldn't play defense, but that like Forsberg was a really complete player. Yeah, Forsberg. Uh, the yeah. fact that Forsberg didn't win a Selkie, much like the fact that Medano didn't win a Selkie, seems yes. like a mistake in in retrospect. Um, yeah. At least for me. Um, I know there are you know people what, that, on the that, internet who don't feel this way. That, that, that's actually a really um, a really apt comparison. Um, Forsberg was like a, a much more physically dominant version of Mike Bonanno. Like just just really good at everything, really good speed, um, but he was like more physically imposing and able to fight off the sort of hacking and whacking, <laughs> you know, all-out physical assault that was taking place all over the ice in those days. And the thing was with Forsberg, too, if you got him mad, he played better. So, like, it didn't help you, really. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he was, he was a hell of a player. Like, you know, I there was a stretch there, I want to say, from about... I want to say from about 2000 to 2004 when they had that lockout where I was firmly convinced he was the best player in the league. 
Um, yeah, I thought so. I mean, I definitely yeah. thought so. Um, all right. So we get to 2003, 2004 now. The, the nadir, if you want to call it that, of, uh, of the dead puck era. And one of the... I mean, obviously the lockout happened for lots of complicated reasons, but the things that happened as a result of the lockout, one of them was in response to, you know, humans humans have something called recency bias, which is that they think, and this is not, I'm not, I acknowledge that there was a scoring problem, but like one of the things that helped, I think, make the league change, try to change things coming out of the lockout was the fact that the leading scores in 2003-2004 tied for 41 goals, which was the lowest in a very, very long time. I'm not even sure. Like, I, I'll have to look it up. It's it's so long. It, it's like, I'm sure at the time they covered it extensively, but I don't remember off the top of my head. So, um, you know, 41 is like, at the time it was it was really really low to everybody paying attention and marty st louis uh led the league in points with 94 which was one of the lowest totals in a very long time too i'm not sure it's quite as drastically crazy as 41 goals and he was seven ahead of kovalchuk for the lead um he was way way back of peter forsberg for points per game but forsberg i believe only played enough to qualify for that leaderboard and not enough to uh um was it how many games did he played this year he played 39 games so yeah. he he was not about to win a heart trophy playing 39 games and rightly so um the tampa bay lightning were the team that was playing you know the, the narrative about the lightning that year is that they were they were bucking the trend and they were going all offense when everyone else was going defense and uh so St. Louis led the league in uh, points. Like I said, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning um, were not the best offensive league in the uh, offensive team in the year, despite the narrative about them being far and away the most offensive team in the league. They were actually 17 goals behind the Senators, which wow. is funny. But they uh, they were the second best team by points, and they were the third best team by SRS behind the Senators and the Red Wings. Um Hold on. I, why? I'm bad at this sometimes. Oh, no. There we go. Sorry. I'm, I'm confusing myself. I'm, I'm doing too many things at once. Uh, I was trying to look up how low that uh, that 41 point thing was the last time someone led the league with 41 points. And so obviously the last time someone led or 41 goals rather was the lockout in, you know, in the shortened season in 94-95 uh, with 34. But if we exclude that, uh, it had been 68 the first year after expansion that someone had let. And that was 44, actually. So if we do 41, 63. So 40 years, basically. Wow. It's the last time someone had scored so few goals in a full NHL season. So it was you know time to panic a little bit, Yeah, it seems. Um, in terms of points, uh, 91 points or 94, sorry. Uh, if he, again, excluding the shortened season of 94, 95, um, 68 again, Stan Mikita had 87. So it'd been a very, very long time. Um, the choice is basically San Louis, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because uh, Forsberg didn't play enough and Kovalchuk were, was on a terrible team. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can make a bit of an argument for Sackick maybe, but to me, St. Louis sort of came out of nowhere. He scored more goals than Sackick did. Um, you know, to me, it's just like you know, what St. Louis did was incredible. And like before that, who knew who Marty St. Louis really was, right? Like he was. Yeah, yeah. He was a no, I had never heard of the guy before this year. Just, yeah, yeah, I didn't and know. And then he just exploded and it was like. Oh, Mike knew who he was because he'd been cut from the flames. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, that's the year that they lost to the Lightning, so uh, everybody yeah. came back to bite them in the uh, bite them in the butt there. Yeah. Um, well, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I think, I, yeah, I'm a Canucks fan, and so I I can't even believe I think this, but I I think that puck was across the line. But you know, um, yeah, I I do too. I do too. The debate that will rage forever, same as Brett Hull's toe in the crease. Um, there are some controversial endings to these things, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's St. Louis award, and I, I I guess if you could make a compelling argument for Sackick, I I would listen, but I'm still I don't see a reason to not give so, it to St. Louis, and the voting's overwhelming, like it's not even close. Yeah, I want to just stop and say, and this is I'm not making a case for a second that Marion Hosa should have won the heart in either 2003 and 2004. However. Um, he was the best player on those Senators teams of both of those years Yeah. Uh, that were the best team in the league or very close to it. And uh, a, a regular season team, of course, then they would go play the Leafs in the playoffs. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes, and somehow the Leafs would meet them. And what it yeah, because them. Cujo was like, no one believes me of how good Cujo was. <laughs> oh, dude, he was incredible. He was an incredible. Yeah. Um, for those, because he was just like basically the only reason. Anyway. But I just want to point out that, like, the reason Osa didn't get any voting, well, he did get some voting appreciation in 2003, but he didn't get much in 2004, is because he was only scoring 80 points, and the, you know, league leader had 100 or 90-something. But he was the best player. Um, I think both of you, you and I would agree that as much as Alverson's got the better totals, um, Hosa was the better player. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe you disagree with that. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't particularly like Hosa, but I do know he was damn good. Yeah. Um, I, I'd have to look really closely at their stats because I do like Alfredson and I really don't like Hosa. But Fair enough. I, I, am, I am not afraid to say that, yes, he was a very good player, perhaps in the, the ilk of like a Mike Madonna where pe- not a lot of people realized how damn good he was at everything. Um, yeah, well, I definitely think he hasn't gotten recognition. Yeah. No, he has. Yeah, a lot of people have been like, "Man, that guy probably should have won a couple of selkies." And he was, he was just really good at everything and really defensively responsible, especially for a winger. Um, you know, most wingers don't get. I, Mark Stone's sort of getting into that category right now, where it's like, you don't realize how good he is at everything, do you? Because um, yeah. you just don't watch him every day. But if he's if he's on your team, you watch him a lot. And I I just happened to always watch him when he was against my team, so that's why I don't like him. Um, I, I still claim he gets away with holding the stick pretty much constantly. Um, but anyways. I mean, Hosa definitely held some sticks. Yeah, um, yeah, he sure did. Drove me crazy, but you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't deny how damn talented that guy was. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to mention it just simply because, like, if you were going by best player on best team category or, or, or view of the award, that he would have gotten some, some voting. And he did. He got a little bit in 2003, I yeah. think. No, no, he, my mistake. I thought he did. He didn't. Um, he didn't get any attention, and it's silly. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Ottawa was is Ottawa, and yes. you know, they are a uh, a terrible market. Yeah. Um. So you know. But but anyway. in both those years, you had a guy, 
you know, beat him by a good 15 to 20 points at least. Yeah. So that's oh, absolutely. It's it to the extent that there's a case, it's the Madano case when Madano is scoring yeah. 80 points on the best team in the league, right? Like, 100%, yeah. yeah. So it's not no one's gonna vote for the guy or not enough people, but I just wanted to point it out just because like it's another reason why he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, I, I think he's gonna get there eventually. Yeah. Anyway, um, so lastly, we have this the 2004 2005 season. The MVP is Gary Bettman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to say that for a long time. Awesome. Uh, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, so that was that was the Deb Puck era. Um, I do. I always when when we go back and look at this stuff, I always forget that there were years where people were scoring 120 points in the Deb Puck era. I just there just weren't very many people scoring that yeah, much. Yeah, it, it was those elite guys that we would expect to be able to fight through all of that bull crap and manage to still score their points, like yeah. a Jagger, like a Forsberg, like a uh, you know, a Sackick, uh, like guys that are just so like, like basically if you're not like a lock hall of famer, you're not able to score over a hundred points in that era. Um, yeah. you know, if you're a guy who's like, you, like you hear his name, like Joe Sackick, be like, Oh yeah. Hall of famer for sure. Oh, he scored 118 points when it's dead puck. Yeah. I, I believe that, you know, Mario yeah. Lemieux. Yeah, of course he did. Uh, you know, uh, Jagger. Yeah, of course. Uh, you yeah. know, when he's, then you say St. Louis and you're like, Hmm, I'm not a, you'd have to talk to me about whether he's in or not. And then, he scored 94. You're like, okay, yeah. Like, but the the guys who were able to get over 100 points in that era, are like lock Hall of Famers. Like, you don't even have to think about it almost. Um, yeah, and and yeah. and I just I just meant like I forgot the frequency which it happened among those elite players, because uh-huh. my memory is every season ended with like the Art Ross was won by someone with like 96, which was like some years, but not every year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just I just I don't know I I always like. In my mind, it's always worse than it actually was. Yeah, uh, but, but the, the thing is, too, a, any guy who might have had a shot to get over, you know, uh, to get up to 120 points, usually missed a handful of games at minimum because the game was so violent and so, yeah. so much hacking, slashing, uh, you know, hooking, pushing guys into the boards from behind. Like everybody ended up getting dinged up, even if they didn't sustain a serious injury. They were always like, oh, we got to give that guy like a week off. Like he's just he's getting the crap beat out and we need him for the playoffs. And so a lot of these guys in seasons, you'll see like, oh, he had the 85 points. Oh, he only played 73 games. Oh, well, well that's actually a really good season. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. And you know? the other thing about it is that like, and, and you know, you can sort of adjust for error. There are adjustments and we, we talk about them sometimes. Um, but like, you know, a lot of people don't want to listen to adjusted stats because they're not real. And I understand the, the reluctance. Um, but one of the things that I dislike about the era, despite the fact that that was when I watched more hockey, than, you know, especially the last, the last like four, four uh, years of that, um, basically watched more hockey than any other time in my life. Um, the thing about it that sort of makes me sad is like that, you know, there's going to forever be this debate about how good some of these guys really were because yeah. like some of my, like, you know, again, was like my second favorite player of all time. And like, you know, he never had a hundred point season, which he absolutely would have had, had he just been playing his prime in like 1992 yeah. instead of uh, 2002. And, and um, also like, I always think of someone like Ziggy Palfy who oh. like, you know, would have put up, put up some, like was like played for shitty teams yeah. And was like the only, or or Burray too. Like these are, I mean, Burray obviously was a better player than Palfy, but like I feel like 
even he gets until he got inducted even he got uh hurt by this a little bit which yeah. they'd be on bad teams and they'd be like just really really dominant players but their dominance doesn't show up as high in part because the league scoring was down so much that like yeah. the same guy you put him on a team in the 80s and who the hell knows how much he would have scored oh, you know my. yeah exactly anyway uh, it's 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 interesting it's very interesting to consider and that's what you know, makes it one of the great things to talk about when you're having a few beers is to sort of imagine what a player like that might have been able to do in today's game. Like a lot of people say that about Paul Correa. Like, could you imagine yeah. him playing in today's game? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great example. I totally forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great example yeah. of that. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he played his whole career, basically, in, in uh, yeah. the Puck era. So, anyway, yeah. It's just like I feel bad for those guys, right? The timing. 100%. Uh, yeah, not, not to mention all the all the head injuries most of them ended up with, you know, yep. like uh, yep. I, it's, it's hard to think of a star player that didn't get knocked out really badly at least once, you know, playing in that era. Cause if, if you ever put your head down, somebody was trying to take it off for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. that's, that's <laughs> it for us. Um, I, we still don't know when our special episode may happen. It may happen next or it may happen after our next heart episode. So we will keep your eye. We'll, keep your ears posted we have a a special episode coming at some point soon but otherwise we will also the next thing we're going to be doing is the uh the lockout we may even i we haven't talked about this yet bill we may even combine lockout to lockout with the uh, current era because they're so much shorter yeah, um, yeah it's not a bad idea yeah yeah but anyway uh so that's it for this episode and thank you for listening and we will see you next time bye-bye